Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hayden. I'm working at- An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on the Chuck and Julie Show. Hello, everybody. Chuck Bonnell, Julie Hayden on a snowy day. Truth Straight Up, brought to you by... Hi, americacitizenpress.com. Great conservative website. Tom Tancredo has a good article up. I recommend you check it out there. And also by Dr. Julie McCallan and Denver Senogenics. All right, Julie. Well, we've got uh, quite the ever-long January 6th. This is a big date. January 6th is, is what? It's quote-unquote instruction day for the, uh, the left. Uh, for us, it's Voter Integrity Day. <laughs> yeah, um, a lot to talk about. Want to let you know our favorite, our favorite red uh, gun. What is it? The the red flag law guy. Favorite Republican? Not Cole Wiss. You guys are going to be so dismayed to hear this. Is quitting the Republican Party? Oh my God! Don't let the door hit you. We're going to have Representative Dave Williams, who is a true grassroots conservative, on at three thirty to talk about that as well as his run. But some of the big news coming out today. I don't know if you paid a attention, but um, the mainstream media, of course, is not covering it because, as we all know, the big lie, all of those election issues have been debunked. Mm -hmm. Well, lo and behold, um, Raffensperger has been forced, Secretary of State in Georgia, um, an organization called True the Vote has been working hard, really, since the election um, and and after January to kind of get a feel and not just like rumors or talks or theories about what happened on Election Day, but to actually get some evidence and some pictures and some whistleblowers and things like that. And um, one of the things that's come out today is Secretary of State Raffensperger in Georgia confirms, and I'm going to put my glasses on to read it, that there is an investigation into True the Votes evidence alleging third-party activists who picked up and delivered thousands of absentee ballots in 2020 in the 2020 general election and in the runoff. Now, something to keep in mind here, first of all, any kind of ballot harvesting so is illegal. In Georgia. In Georgia. Now, Mark Elias, your friend and mine from Lafayette, tried to get that overturned, but it didn't work. And here's, as we understand it, what is happening. There are roughly 240 suspected ballot traffickers. And I think that's the only word for it at this point. Um, they have traced this through, through the vote people through surveillance video at some 300 drop boxes, a temporary drop box is set up all over Georgia, as well as, and Mark Poff explained this on his show a couple of weeks ago, geofencing, able to kind attracts cell phone data too. Um, I've got some sound we're going to play you, but to kind of lay the groundwork for this, True the Vote has been working on this for a while. A long time ago, I mean, since the election, there was a story that came out about how nonprofits have been paying thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars to certain secretaries of state. Well, it's really Zuckerberg's money. Exactly, exactly. Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg was paying it to get information about people who were registered to vote but hadn't voted in recent elections. Now, keep in mind, these could be people who, since we don't purge our election rolls anymore, God knows what the deal is with these people. And you have to ask yourself, why would they want all of that information? Well, I think it ties into this kind of thing, too. Well, it's one of two things. Right. They can always say, 
there. We just wanted to get out the vote. So we wanted to concentrate on people who wouldn't vote normally. Uh, but the other one is that they want to be able to vote <laughs> their votes for them. Right. It's inconvenient if you vote for somebody who shows up at the ballot and then votes. Yeah, this is from Steve. Safe and secure elections are kind of like safe and effective vaccines. Exactly. <laughs> um, but one of the things that the true the vote people have found is that because I've been like, how does this actually work? Right. And I'll get to the whistleblower here in a second. But but they say they have evidence and they're going to be releasing evidence in five additional states. They announced today that show that through some of this surveillance and geofencing and other tactics, I guess that's probably not tactics, other investigative methods. They have found that there are locations where ballots were delivered processed and then distributed. So what that means is, and I'm going to put it in terms of, you know, because we can put it this way. So what happens is, is we're delivered. That means somehow, somewhere, whether they were mailed there to this one specific location or essentially a warehouse, basically right. warehouses. Okay. Then processed. Well, that means filled out. Okay. They, they somehow got there. Maybe people went around and collected them. They were processed. That means filled out and then distributed to the ballot traffickers who then went out to various locations. And, and, and they the had a lot boxes. of these un, um, unmanned uh, drop, ba- boxes. drop boxes, which is one of their improvements for democracy. Exactly. She was saying the, the lady, Catherine Engelbrecht, with, which I think we've talked to. Who I right? think so, too, with True the Vote said, for instance, in one example, she said they had a person who in a 24 hour period stopped at five different locations seven drop boxes in six different counties. Okay. Now, theoretically, um, the drop boxes, they're supposed to be monitored. I mean, when the team picks them up, they're supposed to keep track of the number of ballots there, et cetera. Well, they didn't do that. Georgia Raffensperger acknowledges he has no idea how many absentee ballots came in from um, before or from a, from mail-in ballots versus drop boxes. But before I get, once again, we've got some sound. Okay. But I want to just give you a little bit more information. Um, Georgia had in this past election six times the number of absentee ballots um, that they received. Okay, they're not clear how many they mailed out, but that received between from 2020 to 2016. Of those absentee ballots received, Biden received more than double the number of absentee ballots that Trump received. So that's that's huge. Okay, that's a lot of numbers. So what we're going to hear about is a guy, a radio host in um, Georgia. Georgia, John Fredericks. Um, who talked on Steve Bannon's show, and he talked about, on top of all of this evidence that True the Vote has collected, um, this, I guess they would call it forensic evidence, right? They also have a whistleblower who basically says that he was paid $10 a ballot um, and that he was a ballot trafficker, but the numbers are staggering. So Thomas, if we could please play the um, ballot soundbite. That came forward. On the tapes, they identified 240 of the same people going around the state stuffing ballot drop boxes between 2 and 5 a.m., not 8 p.m. at night, not 10 a.m., between 2 and 5 a.m., where they were emptying backpacks out and dropping 10, 15, 20, 100 ballots into a drop box. Totally illegal. Now, they also commercially checked phone records against all this. And here's what they found. They got 240 people doing this on tape over and over and over. But here's the here's the bottom line, right? The one whistleblower that came forward because allegedly his mom uh, said, look, what you're doing was wrong. You need to be honest about it. Own up to it. He wow. said that he was paid $10 a ballot. I just want you to do the math here. 
He was paid $10 a ballot, and he made $45,000 between November 3rd and the runoff. Two elections, he made $45,000. Stop. Stop. They paid a guy, this one guy I've met of hundreds, they paid a guy, guy. $45,000, and he'll admit to that. Oh, baby, At $10 a ballot, which means that he harvested 4,500 ballots. Okay. Do the math. He said that was the average payout. There were 240 people of the same ones over and over with the same car involved in this. You start doing the math here, 45,000 times 240 people. Because it gave you control of an economy that's a twenty what a $22 trillion economy. It gave you the control of an annual budget of $5.2 trillion. They stole control of the grace. Listen to this. If they're so upfront, why is Biden air taking people from illegal aliens from El Paso, Texas, and flying them in the middle of the night from 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. into Scranton, into Wilkes-Barre? Why are they doing this to Under the cover of night is the only way these people can operate. These are total scumbags. And he kind of hit in a point there, if, if, you know, when you go ahead and do the math, basically what he says is, so you've got 240 plus people being paid $10 a ballot. Um, 4,500 ballots being collected is about average, this one guy was saying. They were talking about $11 million paid out. That's why Steve Biden, Bannon was saying, hey, that's pocket change if you're going to, you know, collect. That's, that's uh, over half a million ballots. Right. And, exactly. That's And so keep in mind, so Biden had, I think it was roughly 850,000 absentee ballots came in for uh-huh. Biden in Georgia. So let's kind of break this down. So again, well, oh, so two thirds of those ballots would have been by these ballot harvesters. Well, yeah. So what? The, so I mean, so he's collecting forty five hundred ballots. Okay, this is not so forty five hundred times two hundred forty two. Right, that's a lot of ballots. That's a lot of ballots, and not only that, but he's collecting it in this short period of time, right between November third and the runoff. He's not individually, I guarantee you, knocking on forty five hundred doors mm-hmm. and saying, "Hey, you didn't turn your ballot in. Can yeah. I help you out with it?" Number one, that's illegal. Okay, so he's not even going to risk that, Georgia, right? In right. Georgia, but I mean, you're not going to risk that. That's 4,500 individual crimes that you've now committed, right? And the odds of somebody saying, "Hey, that's illegal." No, it's what True the Vote says they have, or essentially they found evidence that there were warehouses where people, party activists, were going. And, and again, you've got all this Zuckerberg money. You've got all these millions of dollars being poured into 2020. They're going there. The ballots are being processed. Well, that means filled out, right? One question I have is, do you think that people collected them? Or do you think, because I think this would be pretty easy to figure out, were a lot of these ballots being all mailed to the same spot? In other words, did you have, you know, 4,500 ballots mailed to, you know, 450, you know, Sweetheart Lane? Or something like that. Well, the- what do you mean, mail? Do you mean mail the Secretary of State? Well, yeah, by the Secretary of State. No, no the, the Secretary of State would not have mailed to the same address, 4,500 ballots. Um, but it's, it's, here's my problem. And I think Steve Bannon, it's too little, too late. No, um, no, Chuck. Yes. All right, we'll read the comment. All right, let Chuck, let Chuck be a downer. Then we're going to tell you why. Um, it's, it's too little, too late. Um, there are no AGs out there, there are no district attorneys. You have a corrupt secretary of state saying he's looking into it. Uh, I, I mean, the, the, the stealing the votes, which they did. Uh, now, it's still important to, to expose it. It's still important. But you may notice that you'll never see anything on Fox News, which is really 
the, the main place that conservative news gets out. You'll see nothing on it because uh, they've been told to shut up about the big lie. Let me read some of the comments here. What the hell? The black hole is getting bigger and bigger. How absolutely disgusting and, steer- and scary. Uh, Stacy Abrams behind some of this. Well, and as Steve points out, she was behind the shakedown to get the all-star game moved from Atlanta. You know, I don't know who was involved in this. I do know that Raffensperger, I, what happened is, and I've been following the True the Vote folks, and they've been talking about this for a long time. Back, Mm -hmm. like I said, back in August, they said they had compiled all of this evidence, the cell phone data, the surveillance video, and had been able to track people. And as I said, had been able to find people coming and going from locations and then going out to ballot drop boxes. Mm -hmm. um, And, you know, and, and so they were able to put it together. And at the time, they said that they were going to give it to the authorities and give law enforcement a chance. And if they didn't do anything, then they were going to go ahead and talk about it. Well, here's sort of the timeline here. So the FBI, keep in mind, has had all of this, but the FBI is too big, busy looking for the January 6th insurgents. They don't have time to measure or to deal with any of this. Trouble, there's no one. There's no DA. There's no attorney general. You have a governor of, of the state. Kemp has had it. So Georgia has had this since November 30th. Oh, really? Okay, they've mm-hmm. had this since November 30th. Wow. My guess is, here's my reading between the lines. John Solomon over at justthenews.com has done a good job putting this together. So if you want to go there, he's got some good articles on it, as does the Gateway Pundit. But what he says is that they have reviewed some of the True the Vote documents. So I think what happened is True the Vote um, gave, you know, Georgia, so, okay, the holidays are over now, right? And basically said, okay, we're going public with this. And then Raffens- oh, November 30th of this year. November 30th of this year. Yes, yeah, yeah. But still, I mean, you know, it's, it's not until they go public with just the news. Um, and Raffensperger is on the record saying that they have received credible evidence um, of ballot harvesting. Oh, what difference does that make? Well, let me just finish another thing, just laying out the thing. What is smart, I also think, with these true the vote people is at this point, they're not getting into how the ballots were filled out, who were they for, were the signatures valid? They're not going anywhere along that. They're just saying they were harvested, again, because that's illegal in in Georgia. And I think, though, Chuck, when you talk about hope, okay, this is one of the things, because I know you've talked about, and Dave Williams has said, you know, we need a party chairperson in Colorado and county chair people and all of the people up and down the Republican Party who say, get rid of ballot harvesting. That's not get lost in probably a fight that, you know, I know we'd all love to see day of voting with paper ballots, right? I think, though, that ship has sailed. But I think you can look at stuff like this, right, and say, let's get rid of ballot harvesting. Well, the only way you can get rid of ballot harvesting is through, leg- not legislation, through a vote. And the vote will be ballot harvested by the Democrats to prevent it. <laughs> well, um, I shouldn't laugh, though. That's a sad thing. Um, yeah, Jacob, where are the 1099s for the 240 mm-hmm. harvesters? Yeah, that's another thing. Did you see the Biden administration is telling Venmo, PayPal, and all of those, they have to report everything over $600. It's just a disgusting administration. Um, you know, so they, the FBI works with the cabal. Um, you got to start somewhere. Well, I think here's, again, where there's hope. It is a little... I don't want to say it's too little, too late. Thank God there are groups out there. I My hope is that if you're a Republican candidate, you look at this and you're like, okay, if I want to have any chance of winning, we got to stop this because it worked so well in 2020. You think the Democrats are going to stop? No. Well, they're there in five states. I forget who's the AG for 
Georgia, whether it's a Democrat or Republican, I imagine it's a Republican, but none of them ever use, you know, true the vote does all this stuff, but do they have grand juries, they do everything. No. Well, they're nothing. issuing subpoenas, they said. I'm not sure to who, um, but, you know, you have the whistleblower and, you know, I mean, who, again, people say, well, okay, whistleblower, whatever, but the true the vote people have the evidence. And again, Raffensperger says, okay, it looks credible. The just the news guys have reviewed it and they say, here's what it appears to show. And at the very least, you drag these people in. But I think you start there. I think that the Democrats, again, you can tell by how hard they push back on something, how close to the target you are, right? I mean, we were kicked off YouTube in part for the COVID thing and in part for talking about the election. Um, it's They're pushing the big lie, the big lie. You've got talk show hosts in this city who will go nameless, who are afraid to talk about this because they don't want to go there. You've got Dominion filing lawsuits against anyone and everyone who questions any kind of election thing. All of that to me says you are very much over the target. And I hope um, that a couple of things that this true the vote uh, evidence that it will, they will take a look at it. I think they're going to kind of have to, I don't know, they're going to try to bury it, but uh, that Republicans wake up. And at the very least, if nothing else comes from this, that Republicans realize that if they ever want to win again, they got to get rid. I mean, there's so many things they need to change, but I think with you, Chuck, it's start with ballot harvesting. Um, You know, ballot harvesting in the polls is not popular. People don't think it's a good idea, right? But if people were, could be made aware that there are actual warehouses where party activists are sitting down and literally filling out the ballots. Oh, by the way, why do you think they needed to get rid of all the signature verifications? Right. Well, because the well, look, those. Well, the, what are you going to do when, when 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 your leading congressman and former head of the party says Colorado has a gold standard of voting? I mean, just the, the just the pure idiocy and the backslid Cheney as you know a great. A great Republican. And that sort of tells you the Republican Party is today in Colorado. But Charlene thought your comment was funny. The vote will be ballot harvested by those <laughs> wanting to keep ballot harvesting. <laughs> oh, well, we have to wake up the rhinos first. Well, yeah, I mean, and hopefully, Charlene, that if you're a rhino, you know, you start seeing some of your fellow rhinos get not elected. Because if you're a Democrat, you got this going on. You don't have to worry about getting rhinos in to help you. You just figure out, OK, how many votes do I need to win? Right. How many votes do I think the Republicans who are going to be doing this all told? Totally legally, how many are they going to get? So we just need more than that. And you know, you fill your warehouse. I mean, you have all the questions of irregularities, but I just think this is significant that this is happening because this is clearly a prong they've been using forever, but I think they really got it down, you know, to a science, don't you think, in 2020? And they're not going to give it up. No, no. And it's it's you know, you gotta have Republicans do a fight. I mean, right. is is Heidi Ganahl gonna fight? Well no, she's no. not gonna fight. And this is what Republicans, I mean, when they say that it's been debunked, this is what people need to cite and say this kind of thing, right? I mean, you look at the stuff in, in Wisconsin where they were going to nursing homes and, and they were having people who were not capable of filling out the ballot filled, they filled out the ballot for them. There's a criminal investigation there. There are certain things that I think increasingly we can point to and say, well, that's a fact, okay? That's happened. You can't say it's debunked. They're going to keep saying debunked, but I'm hoping that as fewer and fewer people listen to the mainstream media, the word might get well, out. You need although. a criminal indictment. I mean, that's right. One, one, you got all these source DAs and everything else who are willing to do the most radical things in the world. And then you got, you've got the, you know, 
Republican DAs who are scared of their own shadows. Right. Here's another kind of a, another one of the wheel within the wheel kind of thing. Usually you had the segment that says Chuck was right. But this is a quick segment on Julie was right. On Monday, I was telling you about uh, Mark Elias, one of the Perkins Coy lawfare, the guy who came up with the whole Steele dossier concept, has been tweeting out things about January 6th. And I was saying one of the reasons they're hyping it so much is, number one, that they're just idiots and they have, you know, they can't because they hate Trump and they're obsessed with him, kind of like Ocasio-Cortez. You should say, quit stalking me. But at any rate, he's been talking about anyone who was involved in the January 6th thing um, should be prohibited. The January 6th, he calls it an insurrection, should be prohibited from running for office um, under the 14th Amendment. And then he said, we will see litigation. And I said, mark my words, that's one of the things that they're going to be after. They're going to use it against Republicans to keep them off the ballot. Well, lo and behold, lo and behold, what what happens today, let me, because I had time on my hands today, so I did my research. Okay. Um, two big nonprofits. Nonprofit. L- listen to their name: Free Speech for the People. Who wouldn't like that? Okay. Well, that one. One of the things that that group has been involved in is filing a brief with Judge Sullivan. Remember him with Mike with the General Flynn, right. protesting um, that Trump's pardoning Flynn, Flynn was unconstitutional and illegal, and, and Flynn should go to prison. So go. that kind of tells you where they're coming from. The other one is called Our Revolution. That was founded by Bernie Sanders. Yay, okay. Bernie. So. So just guess where they're trying to go. They today are sending letters out. These are two giant nonprofits sending letters out to secretaries of state, urging them to basically prohibit and ban, basically, Republican candidates who, quote, engaged in the January 6th, quote, insurrection and to bar them from the ballot. What else happened today? Merrick Garland said he's going to go after anyone at any level involved in January 6th, whether they were even there or not. And then on top of that, their media cohorts, co-conspirators, political today, their lead story, at least 57 people who played a role um, in the January 6th insurrection are running for office. So it's that's what I predicted is exactly true. They're going to use anyone who made any kind of comment about January 6th. Well, that's all they have now. The, you know, if you have more, there's two competing stories. One, you come, and it's always in response. You have, a, you know, Republicans find something and then the Democrats just overwhelmed. So right. the, uh, the uh, Podesta's emails are, are taken by who knows where. Then they come up with, to, to defeat that, they come back with the Russian Russia hoax. Uh, the Russia hoax, which is just massive and involves, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people um so here you have a stolen election uh where they cheated and so what do they do they claim insurrection to to dispute those ones and they come down a thousand times harder than the people who are trying to fight and show the exposed the election. Because let's break this down. Okay, so now you have these nonprofits that are not nonpartisan, even though they claim to be, um, urging secretaries of state to bar any Republican candidate. It doesn't say anything about Democrat candidates, any Republican candidate who, quote, engaged in the, quote, insurrection on the basis of the 14th Amendment to refuse to put their name on the ballot. Let's just think about how hard would it be to convince, you know, progressive elite Jenna Griswold to say keep Ron Hanks's 
name off the ballot sure, for Senate. Sure. Right now, will she be able to with that last? I don't know. It depends on a judge. Right. Well, but in the meantime, is, yeah. if you're on Hanks and I guarantee you guys, that's where they're going to be going. Any Republican candidate who's even remotely grassroots. Um, I'm looking at like a Dave Williams, like a Laurel Imer, anybody like that. They're going to say, well, they supported the, quote, insurrection. OK, that's why Garland is saying anyone at any level, whether they were there or not, keep their name off the ballot. So if you're those candidates, you're going to now have to spend time, which you don't have a lot of, and money, which they're not going to have a lot of money, which they're not going to have a lot of, to get their name on the ballot. I guarantee you that's what's going to happen. Jenna Griswold, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, we can sure trust her to do the right thing, right? Not. She's going to go ahead and say Ron Hanks can't, can't, can't be on the ballot because he was involved in the insurrection. And, don't and, you think? Yeah, of course they're going to do that. That's what, that's what lawfare was set up for. It's just endless litigation. That's why Harvard Law School is now giving extra credit for electioneering right. um, law once. I mean, it's the whole left knows that they're in a war. Um, and I think it is a war. I, mean, I really do think there's there's no, nothing left to the Democratic Party. Right. Um, and as Charlene is saying, Lauren Boebert even. Exactly. You know, the greatest fear is some of the, you guys, we have some great comments today. Where are our Republican politicians on all of this chicken? That's right. She says she's getting PO'd by all of this BS. Excuse me, from Charlene. The greatest fear of the cabal in the United States is that is this massive that massive voter fraud will be revealed. They have to keep their competing um, fake yeah. two party system believable. Maybe Mark Twain had it right 150 years ago. From Jacob, there's so many Dems retiring from Congress, so the Dems are trying to get the Republicans out of the election by using the insurrection to level the playing field. Oh, exactly. Um, Sandra agrees with you. It's a war. So there are wheels within wheels within wheels. And I think, you know, I guess my main message to all of us is, number one, you got to be aware of this. It is a war. okay? and just like in war, you know, if you were to Republicans would go, well, ballot harvesting is illegal, (laughs) you know, and it's like. Well, you know, I I keep saying it's like if you had, you know, in a football game, you've been watching football. If all of a sudden the referee said, well, we're not going to call pass interference, you know, and you kept passing the ball and getting it, you know, getting it intercepted and then tried to complain, well, pass interference is illegal. It's like, no, you got to adjust your game plan. Right. It's like they're not going to call it. They're not going to call the ballot harvesting unless we force them. And I think it's a kind of thing we need to shine a light on it. But also, you got to be aware this insurrection thing, it's easy, I think, to dismiss it as okay, it's just the stupid Democrats because they don't have anything else to talk about. No, I think there's a lot going on here. And they played their card. I mean, yes, they want to try to get Donald Trump out of it, but it's more than that. They're not Donald Trump, they got a few years to deal with him. They're worried about the midterms. And I think this is one of the things they're going to use, again, to keep particularly grassroots candidates out. So you get a candidate like Cole Wist who says, well, I hated the insurrection and I hate Trump, right? Well, he can be on the ballot if you want. But if you were somebody else who said, well, you know, it wasn't an insurrection and what about the role of the FBI and what about this or that? Um, then all of a sudden you've engaged in the insurrection and they're going to take your name off the ballot and you got to fight to get it on. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is unbelievable. And we don't have leadership in the Republican Party to fight it, except for some people like Steve Williams will be coming on. Dave Williams. Dave Williams, rather, in a few moments. Um, Um, Well, you know, but you do have some, I think, um, Marjorie Taylor Greene 
and Matt Gates are going to be holding a um, news conference tomorrow when I think tomorrow Biden's going to he's going to explain to us all guys. So just wait for this. He's going to he's going to explain, Lucy, what actually happened on January 6th. No, that should be funny to see if they try to explain it to him. Get the right year yeah, for that one. I know. I got to wonder what kind of background they're going to use in this in this fake presidential um, presidential setup. Well, rain. Um, I think, frankly, I think Trump wisely decided not to have his news conference. Um, tomorrow. He was going to have a news conference. I would just be like, let him do that. But again, keep in mind that the, there's a reason they're hyping it all. I mean, I couldn't believe, you know, Politico, at least 57 people who played a role in the January 6th insurrection are running for office. Well, that's coincidental. Don't you think the same day it comes out that these two nonprofits sent letters to the Secretary of State urging them to prohibit people who engaged in the insurrection from having their name on the ballot? That's that's not a coincidence, guys. It's not a coincidence at all. It's the Russia hoax all over. Again. Yeah, and, and really the Republicans have to fight back and, st- and start uh, taking Democrats off the rolls. Um, you know, you can never always be on the defensive. You just can't o- never be on the offensive, and the Republicans are never on the offensive. Um, well, you know, I don't know. I mean, Laurel Eimer, and I floated this too, she said the other day, I don't know, maybe we need to park outside of nursing homes too, right? You should. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think number one again, the big thing we can push for because again, citizens don't like the concept of ballot harvesting. People and people get that that's how you cheat, right? And if you can show them evidence, and that's one of the things that's been difficult before, is that nobody has any real like. You'll have evidence here and there of the nursing homes, like in Wisconsin, right? But I mean, there we're talking a few dozen ballots, right? But here we're talking of, I mean, a half million ballots. That would have made the difference. A half million ballots, people can get their head around that and say, well, holy cow, that makes a difference. And I think as you get this evidence, you can present it to people and then you can try as hard as you can to keep well, pushing to get rid of ballot should, harvesting. Well, the Republican Party should a study showing about what, what practices are with ballot harvesting in Colorado, then try to publish it as much you can, <laughs> then put it on the ballot and do whatever it takes to pass it. But the Republicans will do none of that. Right, right. This from Steve, the Dem election strategy is to attack Republicans as anti-vaxxers and insurrectionists, yet none of which are true, right? It's not Republicans who are the vast majority of the anti-people who haven't been vaccinated. It's young people and um, African-Americans for the most part, right? And then, Julie, does the Republican Party realize war has been declared by the Bolshevik Democrats? No. Um, Well, some do. Some do. Well, the party chair doesn't. No, I would disagree with you. No, you're Here, wrong. Well, let me finish. Let me finish. I think they realize that I think they don't care. No, you're wrong. Really? Yeah. No, they're just they're just happy in their kind of happiness. Okay. Um, what does Peter Boyle say about the 240 ballot harvesters? This is, I'm sorry, don't tell Peter I did this. This is Peter Boyle's on this. Hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. <laughs> don't tell him. No, I love Peter. Don't tell him I said that. I think that's just where he's coming from. But again, remember they put enormous pressure on anyone who talks about this. The only good thing is they have put so much pressure over the vaccine stuff that people can see with their own eyes, right? And that the treatments and all of these other issues. I mean, you know what? Joe Rogan had 40 million views of the Malone interview. I think it's 40. And he has an average 11, yeah, altogether. He has an average of 11 million views per show. 300 million people in the whole country. Okay, maybe 40 million. 
All right, maybe I'm wrong then. I do know this statistic is correct. He has 11 million views per show, okay, is what he averages. Um, and that's like, it's sort of like in the, it's not like when you go back and, you know, I mean, with podcasts, you can go back. So there are people are learning that they can't trust the corporate media. So when, when Politico says at least 57 people who played a role are running for office, I don't know, fewer and fewer people see that. So that's some good news too. So, um, Okay, oh, we do have Dave Williams. Yay! Okay. Yay! All right. All right. We've got one of our favorite uh, Republicans in the entire state, um, Dave Williams. He's running for Doug Lamborn's seat and hopes to pull off the great upset. Great to, day to have you, Dave. Hey, thanks for having me, Chuck. Julie. Um, hey, before we get to that, I mean, we've been talking, um, Dave, the first part of the show about some of this news that's coming out from True the Vote, where the uh, Secretary of State in Georgia now acknowledges that there seems to be credible evidence that there is ballot harvesting going on there. Have you kept up? With, have you seen that at all today? No, I didn't get a chance to look at it, but it's certainly not surprising. I mean, at the end of the day, he's a politician and he, as well as every other politician, understands that they got to face you know, the voters at some point, and since Georgia is a Republican state and they're making efforts to, you know, strengthen their election laws, he's probably in trouble. So, yeah. all right. Doesn't, doesn't well, surprise me. Wanted to talk to you about Cole West. I saw this tweet last night. Cole West, Dave, I, I'm sure you saw this too. It's, he's, he's tweeting, it's been one year since 1-6, all downhill. Election lies, vaccine misinformation, making it harder to vote, excusing 1-6 thuggery, conspiracy theories galore. I tried. I urged to pivot from Trump. I failed. I'm out. Darn. I encourage reason. <laughs> now, that was your... That was your uh... Assistant, right? As, as the <laughs> yeah, the assistant minority leader. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I served with him for my first two years, and then, of course, he lost the um, election in uh, 18. And, um, you know, what can I say? I, You know, he did some a lot of good stuff when I was there, and his voting record, if you compare it to some of the Republicans in the legislature now, is actually better than than at least half of them. So, you know, the fact that he's leaving the party is, in some respects, it's unfortunate, but it's also unsurprising. I mean, he's been he's been kind of down on Trump, you know, even before the election in 2020 when he was uh, with the Lincoln Project and trying to encourage others to vote for Joe Biden. And so all I can say is that, you know, it's probably best that the separation occur here. Um, you know, it was well, pretty I, much I said, uh, I... all but official. I worked with Cole in a case with Central City. I enjoyed him. I thought he was a bright, capable guy. Um, and, you know, he was a Democrat, and he ran as a Democrat, lost, uh, I think, a state Senate seat. Uh, then he became a Republican and got appointed to, a, to one. Um, but it's just amazing. Here's the guy. Now, the one thing you'd say, okay, Lincoln Project, with all their scandals and misinformation pedophiles and pedophiles and-, and everything else. So he's on that board. And so what does, uh, what does the, um, 
uh, Senate do? They appoint him to the State Ethics Commission. <laughs> I mean, you go, really? Excellent. Excellent. Oh, somebody's got to be there protecting uh, the pedophiles. A Lincoln Project board member, and you put him on the State Independent Ethics Board. <laughs> this is Charlene says, it's excellent news that Cole Wist has left the party. Um, and you know, Dave, I'm not going to be quite as nice as you and Chuck. I'm like, good. Don't let the door hit you. Isn't he a red flag guy? Yes. Right? So, I mean, Cole Wist yeah. was never a Republican, and this is one no, of the- he was a Republican. Well, he said he was a Republican, but he wasn't a real Republican. And Dave, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, because we've talked about this before, as we see the Democrats, you know, their strategies, their election strategies are wheels within wheels. And one of them they've announced is going to be to put fake Republicans up for office and try to get people to vote for them. To me, that's why it is so crucial that we have people like you who have a long track record of grassroots conservative votes so that people don't get fooled because, you know, people voted for Cole Wist, who basically stands for everything, stands against all the things that the rest of us support. Yeah, I mean, it, it, look, when it comes to elections and especially Republican primary elections, we have to do whatever we can to elect individuals who are going to stand, you know, for freedom and the principles of liberty that are, that are enshrined in our party platform. And we, you know, it's, and I'll go a step further. It's not even, you know, it's not good enough anymore that we simply get people that will vote, you know, in that regard, they actually have to get up there and mix it up and fight the Democrats every step of the way. Um, because, you know, for far too long, the Republicans have been, you know, afraid to throw a punch. You know, they always right. want to play defense. They never want to go on offense. And we not only need someone of principle and character, we need someone who's willing to, you know, slap some Democrats around, metaphorically speaking, of course. I mean, this is why Donald <laughs> Trump was so popular. He was a big middle finger to the establishment in both parties. And we need more people well, like Well, and I'm sure if you get to Washington, you'll do that. Tell us how your campaign is going against Doug Lamborn, who, who typified yeah, the, the do-nothing. Republican. Yeah, we're doing we're doing pretty pretty good. We're getting a lot of warm reception from you know Republicans who are in the know in El Paso County, and it's you know not that hard to understand why. I mean we've we've got an incumbent here who is very much you know like Scott Tipton. Um, you know this is why Lauren Boebert was able to. Yeah, exactly. This is why Lauren Boebert was able to gain so much traction as she ran against the guy who really didn't do anything uh, for his district. And in this case, you know, we have the same thing and an individual who is, you know, self-serving and feathering his own nest. And I think people, you know, know that they're unimpressed. And I always, I'm telling people this, I, I bet you a million bucks that Lauren Boebert is better known in El Paso County than Doug Lamborn. I mean, that's the well, kind yeah. of, you know, that's the, that's the kind of bad representation that we have here. A guy who's been in there for nearly 16 years is getting outshined by a freshman legislator who's only been in there for about a year. This well, is unacceptable for a safe district. And I'm going to, you know, take it one further here, too, and, and talk about, um, I mean, votes have consequences. And so Doug Lampard, and we've talked about this before, when they had the, the Republicans are having the vote to censor Liz Cheney and to oust her from leadership, et cetera, et cetera. 
all of the other congressional Republicans said how they voted. Lauren Boebert said, yeah, I voted to get rid of her, right? Um, then Ken Buck said, well, I voted to keep her. Doug Lamborn was the only one who refused to say how we voted, which is, number one, to me, that's like, come on, where, why would you just, if you're going to vote a certain way, either abstain and say I didn't vote at all, or go ahead and say how you voted. Don't hide it. But let's just look at Liz Cheney in this past week, right? She's trying to prohibit. She's Donald. She wants Donald Trump criminally charged. She's on this completely phony insurrection, fake insurrection committee that's aimed at hurting Republicans right and left. I mean, Liz Cheney is 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 toxic. And when you got a guy like Doug Lamborn, who for reasons, the only thing I can assume is that he did not. He voted to keep her where she was, right? He supported her. And it, it's like, well, that has consequences down the road. Liz Cheney has become. Not if you don't tell anybody how you voted. Well, but I mean, <laughs> Liz Cheney, I mean, she's getting worse and worse and worse. And you got a guy like Doug Lamborn who won't even stand up and say how he voted. Uh, you know, to, I mean, to me, it would be like, go no further. Look, it's it's indicative of, I think, most of the uh, Republican uh, politicians that are elected, especially in Congress. These guys are, I'm sorry to say it, it's unfortunate, but they're a bunch of cowards. You know, yeah. our, you know, the the country is headed for disaster, and all these guys can think about is themselves. You know, keep keep earning the paycheck, keep earning the pension that they're eventually going to get, and then don't do anything for anyone. And so their, you know, M- mo is to you know not rock the boat, to try and avoid conflict, and and all while you know they're doing that. Democrats, they have no problem you know shoving this crap down our throat. And, you now it's come it's come high time that we get fighters in Congress and. And uh, make sure that we're pushing back every step of the way. That, I mean, this is Doug Lamborn. He's a wuss. I, I, there's no other way to put it. And I, I don't say that lightly. I mean, it's just the case. When you have a guy who keeps his head down and, you know, tries to be ignored most of the time, you know, what, what value is, is the district really gaining from that? Right. Now, last time, did, did Lamborn get in on, on uh, signature or did he go through caucuses? Lamborn, you know, he he tries to petition on most of the time, and he sort of learned a lesson because he figured out that he can't look Republican grassroots you know activists in the eye and justify his reelection. And he almost lost a bid in 2016 uh, to a legislative aide, you know, who almost beat him by if 18 more votes would have gone her way, you know, she would have been the congressman. I mean, that's how bad. It gets here in El Paso, so he has to go, you know, buy his way onto the ballot through a petition gathering, and he'll wow. do, he'll likely do that again. Do you and now with the caucus? We all know how 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 much uh, Vicky Tonkins, who's a great chairperson down there in El Paso County, but we also know how much the Republican Party loves the caucus system. Not um, do you see them trying to squash it? Because I think that would well, be well. They can't for this time. Well, to do everything they can though to make it difficult. I mean, how do you see that playing out at all? The whole caucus system this time. Um, well, we're going to have it's a, you know it's an off. Well, I shouldn't say off. It's um not a presidential year, so it's the midterms. We're going to have, you know, less participation just because of that. Um, however, you know, Republicans are fired up around the country, so I expect a good turnout. It's not going to be presidential levels, but, you know, most of these people are going to want to know, you know, why their congressman can't look them in the eye and, you know, explain his job performance. And, you know, we're going to have a good caucus night. We're going to have a good assembly. I'm going to walk out of there and you know, have top billing on the ballot, and we're going to go and and uh, relieve uh, Congressman Lamborn from the burden of serving. Come June, <laughs> so it's gonna it's gonna it's 
going to be a good election year for the grassroots. I, you know, I think so. And I, again, I, I think, and tell me what, what you're hearing from that. You look at all the reasons that Biden and the Democrats in general are plummeting in popularity, and it's not the insurrection. It's stuff like the economy. It's stuff like crime. It's stuff like education, right? You've got crazy school for school unions. Now, once again, in Chicago, closing the schools, you've got people out of work because of the vaccine mandate. Hospitals are being overcrowded, not because there are more patients there, but because they fired all of the healthcare workers because they wouldn't get the vaccine that, oh, by the way, doesn't seem to do anything to prevent you from getting COVID. Um, And I think people are sick of that. And I also think people are sick of people like a Doug Lamborn who doesn't fight back against any of it and doesn't say anything about it. But I mean, so in other words, I think the boomerang is going to be not just against Democrats, but I think it's going to be against do nothing Republicans. Do you get any oh, kind of uh, sense? Abso- absolutely. I think I think all voters are fed up with incumbents, and I don't care what party you're you're with. I mean, it's, it's that's what the marketplace is, has been desiring and, and does want is fresh blood. You know, a new start. This is a new season, especially after redistricting. It's time. It's time. And Doug is again. He's just. He's just one example out of the many hosts of examples that you know you could point to of Republicans who are afraid to do anything. We have Democrats dead to rights on all these issues. The voters are on our side, but you have Republicans who don't want to capitalize on it. They don't want to throw a punch. I mean, who is actually taking on Jared Polis, for example, right now? No one. Why did you go? Oh, He's wearing in his boots. I mean, Greg Lopez does, but but Greg Lopez, you know, well, I don't mean the insurgent, you know, challengers. I'm talking about the Republican right. establishment leadership who, you know, they, I hope they're smart enough to see this, but yeah, we got them on every issue and you're kind of starting to see, you know, some fight in them over the crime wave that's going on, but that's not enough. In fact, I think it's too little too late if you're asking me. Um, well, you know, these guys okay. should have been punching Jared Polis for two years and they haven't done anything um, until Virginia well, came well, around. If, and suddenly if you decide that you want to run on the party platform and you and you think you have them dead to rights on, on the issues, you do not do poll tested problem of what unaffiliated voters want as your main campaign one, which is what Christy Burton Brown is doing for 2022. I mean, you know, just. Affordable housing, okay. Transparency, okay. I mean, it's such. I mean, we got to serve together on the executive committee, and I and I got to go around the state working on on liberating the primaries, and I was shocked to tell you the truth of how tepid many portions of the Republican Party in Colorado are. Certainly, most of almost almost all of the state senate. I think I don't think anybody got better than a B minus on the Liberty Scorecard. Uh, in the House, you and and Kevin, uh, and Weekle and Patrick and a few others, but it, it was a pathetic scorecard. So, I mean, I, I really am amazed at somebody like Cole West. I, I would think Cole West would feel right at home with our kind of rhinoized Colorado Republican Party. You know, if I had to, if I had to gauge uh, Cole's um, record, you know, if he, if he were still in there, I'd have to imagine he's actually better than. Yeah. <laughs> some of the rhinos that you have currently. I mean, that's how, that's what's so interesting about the, the Republican Party establishment right now is that they're, they're just, you know, when you don't think they can go any lower, they go ahead and, <laughs> and they prove you wrong. They go lower. The, well, you you know, know. The, these guys, 
Go ahead. I was going to say, no, no. Uh, we're talking to Dave Williams. He's running. We've, we, we have to do more of this, Julie. Right, right. Uh, we've got Dave Williams with us. He's he's a state, was a state rep or is a state rep from El Paso and is running challenging do nothing uh, Lamborn uh, uh, for the Congress. Congressional seat. Congressional well, seat. and Dave, and to your point about, you know, because I was thinking this the other day, I will say this Christy Burton Brown has done some snappy, um, entertaining, and on point tweets, right, about Polis and the Democrats. But here's the problem with that. The people who are on Twitter, I mean, and the statistics bear this out, are for the vast majority. It's like people who are involved in the media, they're involved in politics. They're 20-something white college-educated women who live in the, you know, in the core of the city. I mean, the average person doesn't read Twitter. If I'm Christy Burton Brown, what I'm doing is, is I'm going out there and I'm pointing out the fact that Jared Polis and his cronies made billions of dollars during the lockdowns and the pandemic. And I go find one of, you know, the 43% of the small businesses that got squashed and put out of business. And I put that person on TV and then I do my own FaceTime up. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, that's great that she did a cute little tweet, but, but that's not hitting the audience. They need to go find, I, I mean, that would just be my advice. If you're going to use social media, go find a real person who really hurts that everyone out there can relate to and then put it on Getter, put it on Parler, put it on Rumble. Um, don't just fall victim to the platforms that are, going to, that are going to censor you anyway, I think. Well, I'll certainly pay Christy a compliment here. She's she's taken some shots, but to your point, the, the issue is, you know, who, who's actually getting it who's actually you know buying into it this is the old adage right if no one's around in in a forest and a tree falls down does it really fall down right this is sort of the problem with jared polis and the media they have so much money so much reach that they can drown out all the noise that we are trying to make and that doesn't even get to the ballot harvesting issues that chuck brings up you know all the time which are very valid and very true that we have to account for right Um, right you know we we are not going to win unless you know, we all come together and start making the case why these guys need to get fired and, and thrown out of the majority. We just haven't done that over the past, you know, two years. And of course, even further than that, um, right. and, and until 40 we start years, doing we that, we're had, not going to win. We, we've had the same moneyed group that have controlled the Republican party who, who view the world from a center left perspective. They call it center right, but it's really center left. And that's where all the money in the party is. Um, and so sure. the fact that, yeah. Well, David, sure, if you want to establish, go ahead. Well, this is the point. This is the point I want to make to your listeners. Most Republican Party um, elected leadership uh, individuals they they don't actually care to limit government. They want to manage the growth, and if they can't manage the growth of government, then they're fine with you know being in the minority so long as they're invited to the cocktails or get to go to the governor's right. mansion and sit in the meetings, even though they have no power. As long as they're involved and have access, they're perfectly fine with that. But don't mis- don't kid yourself. These people, they don't want to limit government. They're fine as long as they get a seat at the table or, you know, they would prefer to manage the growth. But that's the problem. We have people that don't actually believe in these values, and, and our party suffers as a whole because no one trusts us. Nice. Right. Well, right. Dave, where, because we're running out of time here, where can you go ahead and give, because we've had several people commenting that they, even though they can't vote for you, they support you and would like to support you. Where can people go to, to help or volunteer, or donate, whatever? 
Sure, sure. Go to my website. It's daveforcolorado.com. That's D-A-V-E-F-O-R, colorado.com. And uh, there's many links to contact me and to donate. And I'll tell your your, uh, listeners this, that even though they can't vote for me, I can vote for them each and every day I'm in, in Congress. So please, you know, donate, volunteer, do whatever you can. This is a team sport, and we're not going to win unless we start getting more Lauren Boberts uh, and Jim Jordans and the like elected. All and, right. and, and, and the Dave Williams. And Dave, Dave so, Williams. That's right. thanks so much for joining us, and best of luck on your campaign. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Okay, All right. Thank care. you, Dave Williams. Yeah, people are like, and there's so many comments here, too. We didn't even get into George Broccoli. You guys are right <laughs> about yeah. that. Um, that'll do it for us. Um, we're going to, on Friday, one of the things I want to break down a little bit more, um, this whole geofencing and some of the evidence they used to figure out the ballot harvesting. Again, if you didn't be showing us at the beginning of the show, um, take a listen to it at chuckandjulie.com. And we're going to go, over, we're going to go over the incredible phenomenon that Dr. Robert Malone represents and why I think it's a real game changer uh, regarding um, the entire uh, medical pharmaceutical industry. That's right. So in the meantime, though, catch all of our shows at chuckandjulie.com. We've got links there to everything. But I want to let you know, because we haven't done this for a while, we're also on Substack. That's substack.com, the Chuck and Julie show, on Rumble, Chuck and Julie show. And now we also are on Getter. That's the one that That's Joe Rogan one, is. Yeah. Yep, G-E-T-T-R.com. And it's Chuck and Julie, Chuck, A-N-D, Julie. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, guys, at BBS. Whoops. Whoa. We will see you on Party Friday. Bye-bye.